back in Psalm 115. I thought about last night and quite a while yesterday, quite a few times, that since we last meet to, met here to worship, be two weeks ago because last Sunday we didn't meet, but I thought how many changes could have taken place in those few days? Uh, how much, as we just sang, for good or bad, for better or worse, could we have passed through? And when thinking along that line, I remembered the words of James the Apostle. He wrote in his epistle, chapter 4, Go to now, you that say, Today or tomorrow we will, we will. That sounds pretty boastful, doesn't it? <laughs> that sounds pretty prideful. That sounds like someone that's not really thinking. Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. We'll do that, and I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. We, but look, James corrects us, and he says, Whereas you don't know what shall be on tomorrow, you don't have a clue what tomorrow might hold. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, ye ought to say, if the Lord will, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. If the Lord will. A couple of years ago, we were in Danville and I was preaching there and the night before we left to come back here, there was a flood, and the parsonage was, well, you know, was in bad shape. You know what was done, all the money that was given. And we were within, we thought, a few weeks of moving back in. There were workers there, when again we were out of town. God, by his good providence, I was out of town again. And we thought, well, we going to have this and going to have this. It's going to look like this. It's going to look like that. And God came again and took it all away. We don't know what a day might bring forth. The hymn writer expressed it this way, Abide with me. This is his prayer to his God. Abide with me. Fast falls the evening tide. The darkness deepens the Lord. Lord, rather, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, Help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. I like that, don't you? These, these old hymns, that's why I use them so much, and I forewarn you, I'm going to use several in this message. Another verse of that one says, Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day. Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away. Change and decay in all around I see, oh, thou who changes not. Abide with me. Mm. Who else would we want more than him? Than him. As you've often heard it said, and it's true, we just sang it. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what. I don't know what. <laughs> but I know who. And that's where the joy lies. That's where your peace and comfort comes from. Not knowing what, not knowing when, not knowing why, but knowing who. I know who holds all of my tomorrows. I thought with that being so, 
It might do us good to remember this, to be reminded of this. Look at verse 15 of this psalm, Psalm 115, verse 15. Ye are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. Wow. That's not a small thing. That's not a small thing. You are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. Now notice that the word are, A-R-E, is in italics. And you know that means it wasn't in the original. So, so let's read it that way. Ye blessed, ye blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. Blessed of the Lord. Yes, we're blessed. We have been blessed. We will be blessed. We are blessed. And we will yet be blessed. All the best, I think I could say, is yet to come. Oh, what a blessing when we see him as he is and we're made like him. Notice verse 12. Let's go back to verse 12. And here really is the foundation, the reason of all these blessings. The first phrase of that verse, verse 12, look at this. What a wonder this is. The Lord has been mindful of us. My soul, Billy Cobb, the world passes you by. <laughs> they don't pay you much mind. Little man lives up on that hill, gets out and drives Sunday morning to come to that little church where there's just a few people. What's he do all that for? But listen, listen, the Lord has been mindful of you. <laughs> the blessings of God begin right here. There's never been a time. And I know as I say this, I cannot wrap my mind around it, and I don't expect you to, but I can still rejoice in it. There's never been a time that God has not had his people on his mind and in his heart. Never been a second. You mean since he created the heaven and the earth? Oh, no, I mean before that. <laughs> before time began as we know it, God always has been mindful of his people. Listen to what the prophet said, what the Lord said by the prophet Isaiah. Remember these, O Jacob and Israel, for thou art my servant. I have formed thee, thou art my servant, O Israel. Thou shalt not be forgotten of me. You ever been depressed and down, have a pity party, and just sitting, you've fallen into that Elijah syndrome. Oh, Lord, I'm the only one left. They've torn down all your altars. they killed all your prophets, and I'm the only one left, oh, poor, poor, pitiful me, and they're seeking my life. Oh, not so. The Lord says, I've not forgotten thee. I've not forgotten thee. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. You ever feel that way? Sure we have. <laughs> and here's God's answer. Can a woman forget her sucking child? that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb. Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. He's been mindful of us. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Psalm 139. I like this. Verse 1. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Known me. Christ said, I know my sheep. I love my sheep forever. Verse 2 of Psalm 139, Thou knowest, thou knowest my downsetting and mine uprising. You know my ups and my downs. You know that I'm just flesh. You know how frail I am. Thou understandest my thought afar off. 
Oh, what a cheering word for sinners. If God didn't know us perfectly, how could he ordain such a perfect salvation for his people? Just what they need. An uncomfortable truth for God's suffering saints. Your heavenly Father knows. <laughs> He's not uncaring, unseen, unaware of what you're passing through. Your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Verse 3 of Psalm 139. Thou compassest my path and my lying down. And God, you are acquainted with all my ways. Mm. You've been mindful of us. God is wherever I am. God is wherever I am. He is wherever I shall be. He's wherever I could be or may be. The psalmist said, if I ascend to heaven, if I descend to hell, if I travel to the most distant part of the earth or up to heaven itself or into hell itself, you are with me. Your hand is always upon me. I'm forever in your thoughts. God has been mindful of us. What a blessing. Verse 4 of Psalm 139. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest. Thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. And the psalmist says, Oh, my soul. He thinks about that. He thinks about that. He's alone with his God. He shut out the world. He's turned off the telephone, the TV, the clatter, the jamber, the rattling of pots like Martha in the kitchen, and he's sitting at the feet of his Savior hearing every word. He deserves my undivided attention. And he says, such thoughts are too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. I just can't reach that high. It's true, God is imperfectly known by us but we are perfectly known by him. He knows us perfectly. The truth about our God, too wonderful to understand, to comprehend, but we can still rejoice in those truths, can't we? The in incomprehensible attributes of God give unspeakable value to his promises. I think I'll repeat that. <laughs> The attributes, the incomprehensible attributes of God Almighty give unspeakable value to his promises. In other words, is anything too hard for God? Again, in Psalm 139, down to verse 17, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! David says, if I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. My soul. When we read that God has been mindful of us, ooh, we've, we've said a mouthful. <laughs> if I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. God's thought, thoughts of us are certain. Oh, how certain, how numerous. How condescending, how tender, how wise, how constant. Old John Kent, he lived several hundred years ago. Uh, he, he became completely blind 
he was a preacher, a pastor in London, I think it was. He became completely blind in his 50s. He was a great hymn writer, and he would dictate to his grandson his hymns after his the words of hymns after he was was blind, and his grandson would write them down. Here's one of them: That all oh, my spirit roll, they swell beyond. My, oh, I'm sorry. How precious are thy thoughts? That o'er my spirit roll, they swell beyond my thoughts and captivate my soul. How great their sum, how high they rise, can never be known beneath the skies. David says they're just too high. I can't reach that far. Before thy hands had made the sun to rule the day, or earth's foundation laid, or fashioned Adam's clay, what thoughts of peace and mercy flowed, in thy great heart of love, O oh God, my soul. A monument of grace, a sinner saved by blood, the streams of love I trace up to the fountain, God. And in his sovereign counsel see eternal thoughts of love to me. He's been mindful of us. And in his sovereign counsel see eternal thoughts of love to me. No wonder, David said, or no, Paul, <laughs> he wrote some pretty good psalms of praise himself, didn't he? Like this one, all the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor? This, of course, is in the last few verses of Romans 11. Who, who has first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again? For of him, and, to, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever and ever, amen. And he, that great God, that has no beginning, that has no end, that does all of his will in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth so that none can stay his hand or say unto him, what are you doing? That great God has been mindful of us. Isn't that something? And from that everlasting mindfulness, from those everlasting thoughts in the mind of God comes this, he will bless us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. Verse 13 here in Psalm 115. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. Again, verse 15. He, ye, ye blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. We should not be at all surprised that the Lord will bless his people when we read that the Lord has been mindful of us. We wouldn't expect to read... Words like these after reading that statement. The Lord has been mindful of, of us, so he will do nothing for us. No, no. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will do nothing to keep me out of hell. What would that be worth? No, never. Five times. Five times in three verses. We read the Lord has been mindful of us and we're told he will bless us five times. The Lord has appeared of old unto me saying, Yea, I have loved thee. I've been mindful of thee. I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, therefore, 
I will leave you to yourself and let you die in your sins. Oh, my soul, if that's the love of God, keep it. Keep it. It'll do me no good. And yet there are some people who profess to believe that very thing, that God can love me today enough to send his son to die for me and then cast me into hell to suffer under his wrath. Oh, no. The Lord has appeared of old unto me, saying, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. The Lord is all in capital letters. Did you know that? Please notice that. L-O-R-D are all capital letters. To be blessed of the Lord is to be blessed indeed. To be, to be blessed indeed. I have a people... I have people say to me all the time, they did the other day, two or three times, on the same visit to Walmart. Oh, how I love to go into Walmart. <laughs> how I love to get in and get out. <laughs> but I was bagging my groceries. They just sat and watched. There was two, one on each side, just watching, make sure I scanned everything, I suppose. And then when I got ready to go out, they said, blessings to you. Have a blessed day. That's become a popular little religious slogan, isn't it? People just toss it out there, don't mean, don't give it any thought whatsoever, but it's popular to say, have a blessed day. I don't know what they mean by that. Probably what they've heard so many preachers say when they lie and say God wants you healthy and wealthy. Uh, blessings of God to them in their mind, it's things, it's material things is to have more, bigger barns, and so forth. Oh, no. No, the blessings of God are much richer than that. The Lord Jehovah, God Almighty, if he blesses me, I'm truly blessed. If he blesses me, no, no one can take it from me. No one can steal it. It'll never end. The higher the Lord is, the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty, if he blesses me, the Lord himself, that one that's high and lifted up, that height represents all power and all glory and all excellence, his everlasting rule and reign, that's good for me. That's good for me. The higher my Lord is, the better off I am. Huh? The greater my God is, the more comfort it is to this weak and feeble sinner. Perhaps it would be better. Instead of asking how things are with me, I should remember to ask how are things with him. Hmm? If it's well with the great shepherd, it's going to be well with the sheep. Is that not so? <laughs> Is that not so? If it's well with the captain of my salvation, it will be well with those he calls to follow him. If I'm... If I'm the Lord's, if I'm in the Lord's mighty hand, I must be safe. I must be secure. In his hand, why wouldn't I be? What reason would there be if I'm in the hand of my great faithful shepherd where none can pluck me out? Why would I not be secure? There's no reason. There's no reason that I'm not. If I'm in his hand, I must be safe. I must be kept with the Lord as my keeper. No wonder the psalm begins with the words of verse 1. Considering that he's been mindful of us, that he's blessed us and blessed us and blessed us. 
No wonder it begins with, Oh, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. When we come here, God help us to remember that. Remember that. We're not coming here to catch up. We're not coming here to indulge in chit-chat. Do that after the service. We're here to worship God Almighty. That deserves some heart preparation. That deserves a prayer. God help us to do that. Together in your name. Oh, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us. But in thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Oh, James Smith. You've seen his name in your bulletin as well. He pastored the church that young Spurgeon came to after him. But he said this, What an astounding blessing to have God for our Father in a world like this and in times like these. Uh, he could have wrote that this morning, couldn't he? What a blessing to have God as our Father in a world like this and in times like these. God's people are blessed in Christ. They're blessed through Christ, and soon they shall be blessed with Christ, with him. In verse 12, we're given a trinity of blessings. The blessings of the Lord's people are from their triune God. God the Father says, I will bless you. God the Son joins with the Father and says, I will bless you. And then God the Holy Spirit in covenant agreement with the Father and the Son says likewise, I will bless you. Of every fact that God has been mindful of us gives us the sweet assurance that he will bless us. Someone put it this way, and I like this. This is good. After so much mercy passed, will God let me sink at last? Hmm? After so much mercy passed, will God let me sink at last? If he has blessed me, he will continue. If he has loved me, he will always love me. If he's had mercy on me, he will always have mercy on me. The very guarantee that he shall continue to do so is because he already has. He's the Lord. He changes not. <laughs> After so much mercy passed, will God let me sink at last? And remember, that's never happened before. That's never happened before. Not one of Christ's sheep has ever perished. There's not been a single time, a single instance, that one of his sheep has ever been plucked out of his hand. It's never happened. And I ain't going to be the first. <laughs> oh, oh, glory to his name. I won't be the first. <laughs> they go from strength to strength. Every one of them, every one of them, God's children, God's pilgrims, Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. Augustus Top Lady, he wrote quite a few hymns too. The most popular, of course, is Rock of Ages. But these words are from one of his hymns. Sweet is his faithfulness to rest, whose love, I can, never, whose love can never end. Sweet on his covenant of grace, for all things to depend. Sweet in the confidence of faith, to trust his firm decrees, sweet to lie passive in his hands, and know no will but his. If such the sweetness of the streams, what must the fountain be? 
where saints and angels draw their bliss immediately from thee. Oh, my soul. When it is so sweet to walk by faith, trusting our God, what will it be when faith gives way to sight and I stand before him, oh, my soul, and see him as he is with my own eyes and not another's? Hmm. He has been mindful of us. God's children will never regret trusting him, will they? Hmm? Bobby, we exchanged a few texts about this the other day. No, no, their regret runs in the other direction. They regret that they don't trust him more. I don't trust him as he should, but he deserves all my trust. Oh, to be able, by the grace of God, to glorify him as old Abraham did. Huh? Abraham, we're told in Romans 4, didn't consider his own body being old in the age of Sarah, his wife, he didn't consider that. When God promised him, Abraham, you'll have a son, and he's 100, and Sarah's 90, 90, and that son hasn't come, Abraham didn't consider that. That wasn't a problem. That wasn't an obstacle. Why? Why? How could that be? Because he considered his God. He considered the glory and the greatness of his God, and he, he concluded that what such a God had promised, he was able to perform. If God said it, It'll be done. I know whom I have believed, we just sang, didn't we? And I'm persuaded that he's able. He's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. As Elisha told his trembling, fearful servant, when his servant woke up one morning and went up on the rooftop and looked out and saw that they were surrounded by an army that had come to get Elisha to shut his mouth, to put him to death. Can you just visualize that young man? He runs down and he wakes up Elisha. Master, master, what are we going to do? <laughs> Elisha goes up on the roof and he prays, Lord, open his eyes that he might see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw an army, chariots of fire round about that fleshly army. And Elisha said, don't be afraid because greater are they that be with us than they that be with them. Oh, if God be for us, who can be against us? Note the comparison here between those gods, a little g, that are the work of men's hands and the true God. Their idols are silver and gold, verse 4, the work of men's hands. They that make them are like them. So is everyone that trusteth in them. And turning away from the useless gods made by man, we're reminded of the true God and exhorted to keep trusting him. Our God is in the heavens. Mm. Oh, what a, what a thought. Our God is in the heaven. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. It it is well with my soul. That's the foundation of God's blessings for his people. God wills that we should have them. They shall be ashamed and also confounded. Isaiah 45. The Lord says they shall be ashamed and also confounded. All of them that shall go to, the, shall go to confusion together that are makers of idols. But Israel shall be saved. God's true Israel. Romans 11, so all Israel shall be saved. 
But Israel shall be saved in the Lord with an everlasting salvation. Ye shall not be ashamed nor confounded world without end. God hath blessed us, past tense. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And they sung a new song, saying in glory, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by thine own blood. That's what we'll remember, the accomplishments of our Redeemer. Out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Those who are blessed of the Lord are these. Blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. Let me just read some verses as we bring this to a close. God has blessed us. Blessed is the man. Is that you? Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be set aside with thy goodness, the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. What about this blessing? Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven. Be of good cheer. Thy sins are all forgiven thee. When justice cried for payment, it was more than I could give. Oh, but mercy smiled upon me, saying, I forgive. Blessed is that man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. That's right, he does it, not to his people. And in whose spirit there is no guile. And to be blessed of the Lord is this, just to sum it all up. Blessed be the Father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. And Paul names those blessings, many of them. We won't read them, Ephesians 1 and 4. But he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And there's more to follow. (laughs) The psalmist said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And when my life is over, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Right, blessed, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. The Lord again by the mouth of the prophet Isaiah said this, The sun shall no more be thy light by day, neither for brightness shall the moon give light to thee, but the Lord. The Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light, and thy God thy glory. Thou shall no more, thy sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself. For the Lord shall be thine everlasting light, and the days of thy mourning shall be ended. Thy people shall also be all righteous. This is Isaiah chapter 60, verse 21. Thy people also shall be all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever. The branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. Oh, yes, there's more to follow. 
Look at verse 18 here in Psalm 115. The last verse says, but we will bless the Lord. He's blessed us. So let's bless him. Let's glorify him. Let's brag on him, Brother Scott Richardson used to say. But we will bless the Lord from time to, from this time forth and forevermore. Praise ye the Lord. Robert Hawker. On that verse, the last verse here, verse 18, he made this comment. He said, O glorious Lord, help me while living to praise you, and when dying to praise you, and in the act of death to praise you, that the first and last of all sounds on my trembling lips may be Jesus. And let the sweet savor of thy name refresh my soul forever. Amen. Another old preacher that lived in the 1700s, a man by the name of Samuel Medley wrote a hymn entitled Death Viewed in Jesus. Toward the end of his life, I read that he had trod a path of great suffering, but when called to cross the river, he was able to say, dying is sweet work, sweet work, my heavenly father, I'm looking up to my dear Lord Jesus, my God, my portion, my all in all. And when a little before he died, he said, glory, glory, home, home. <laughs> glory, glory, home, home. And without a struggle or a groan, he was taken to heaven on July 17, 1799. Here's a few verses of that hymn. He began it by quoting from Job chapter 3. There the wicked cease from troubling, and there the weary be at rest. Death and the grave are doleful themes for, mournful, for sinful mortal worms to sing, except the Savior's brighter beams dispel the gloom and touch the string. Death awful sound the fruit of sin and terror of the human race, who except Jesus smiles within can look the monster in the face. Yet, dearest Lord, when viewed in thee, the monster loses all its dread. There all his frightful horrors flee, and joy surrounds a dying bed. Jesus, the mighty Savior, lives, and he has conquered death and hell. This truth substantial comfort gives, and dying saints can sing, Tis well, tis well, it must be. He's been mindful of us. God bless you.